Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. It's been, like we're calculating, it's been at least a month plus a week or possibly two. <laughs> March Madness, buddy, every year. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Every year this happens. We just, you and me both have very busy March months every year. Yeah. No, big time, man. And and there's there's like some momentum that you get back into a rhythm after the new year and then this sort of spring breaky experience. We've got, you know, young kids and it just throws us for a loop. And, you know, at one point... Um, you reach out and you're like, Nick, I got like, I'm slam, man. I got, I got to pull back a little bit. It's just, it's, there's so much going on. And you brought up this really important message just around self-care. It's like, I, I need to take care of myself more. And, you know, there's something about, uh, I think a, a masculine energy, which we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about that today, but of needing to perform, provide for the family, uh, be a, an encouraging father figure for your kids and there's a lot of you know hats that we wear um, as men as as dads and and obviously our partners prop us up in a huge way like no doubt um but things get full and and then it's easy to sort of go on autopilot and not take care of some things and so i love that um i mean i don't love that i don't get to connect with you every week like we did before uh, and i'm sure we'll that this will you know ebb and flow as things go uh as they do with life and life gets busy but but it was really coming from a place of like hey nick i gotta step back a little bit because i need to take care of myself and my family and and so that's and that's always been our message right uh since yeah. we started this podcast was what does it mean to recover better uh, to be to recover like a ninja or superman and like take care of things and be productive in the world but also have some space for receptivity and receiving and uh, nurturing, you know, it's it's a it's a nice balance. I think that, that we can all uh, appreciate that we need to take care of things, right? But um, yeah, tell me your tell me your experience of that. Well, no, it was funny. Like I was talking to a patient literally this morning, and he's like, "Man, I was like, have you been in the gym?" He's like, "No, man." He's like, "These kids in their basketball practice." He's like, "He's like, it's you know, it's like he's like it's just finding time during the week, right?" Yeah. And, and you're right. Like we're we're busy either with our jobs and our families and our kids, and we're 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 uh, chauffeurs part of the week, right? Mm -hmm. And and so there are, there's all these things that fill our plate, and then we're trying to fit in, like you're saying, this time for ourselves. And and again, man, thank you for being understanding. And it'll like you said, we'll get back to rhythm, you know, probably later in the year where we can do it more. But yeah, man, it's just there's just a lot going on right now. I got a lot of spinning plates that I'm trying to stay balanced and. It's just one of those things where like I need to cut out a little bit of time during the week, at least two hours for myself to go to the gym or go do self-care stuff like at the Vitality Lab or you know whatever it may be. And even in March, man, even though I'm not even doing the podcast with you, I can't even find time to get in the damn gym. <laughs> like, I mean, I was still exercising. I was active. Like on the weekends, I would do stuff where I'd find a... And even with Diego, we'd play Nerf guns and we'd be playing tag and be running around and, you know, or I'd pull out my RMT rope and I'd play around. So I've been going to a Kali stick fighting class on Saturdays with Ooh. Diego and doing some martial arts type stuff. So like still trying to grease the groove, right? But like it's barely fitting in this past month. Um, so it gets tough, man. And then like the year is never the same, right? Like every quarter of the year, your pace changes a little bit. But it's, I think it's number one, being able to keep the pace with like your your everyday stuff that you know you got to show up for. Mm -hmm. but the self-care is so important man and like honestly i gotta thank you i'm grateful for you because you're the one that stressed that last year mm -hmm. and we had this big theme for a couple of months talking about self-care and it really made me start to think about say hi uh, hey buddy okay. hey dr nick all right go on so everybody that's my child by the way <laughs> if you've seen him on the screen he just got home from school but you know just to be back where we were man like even with that being said, it has to be a priority. And I feel like you, like we talked uh, last year about this. People don't make it one. 
-hmm. And then little by little, you look back and it could be a year or maybe two years and you're like, holy shit, you know, and here, well, there's my health. And like, now I'm having all these health issues and you wonder where it came from. And it's just, you just got busy with life. So it's kind of like, how do you, how do you stay conscious and aware to have that, that time for you, regardless of how life is and making it a priority. And, and sometimes like, like we're saying that I had to make a sacrifice, man. And I hated to do it to our podcast, but I was thinking, okay, what is something I can shuffle around a little bit so that I can get a little bit more time? And it ended up being that Tuesday little window right there mm -hmm. uh, every, every other week for me. And outside of that, man, I still don't have any more time. That's like that one little, I have a little, like an hour and a half, two hour little gap right there. And that's it, man. So, yeah, I mean, you, you totally know what I mean. And oh, yeah. I think for our listeners, everyone's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I totally get it. So I think the thing is, like, how do you hack it? Like, how do we hack this this process that everybody falls into? And and we talk about it all the time, but it's just habits. Like, it's making the self-care a habit. Mm -hmm. And if you made the self-care a habit just like everything else, then it wouldn't be a big deal. But I think so many people don't make it a habit. And that's yeah. where they fall behind, and that's where their health starts to struggle. Yeah, I think I think culturally, or, or social, socio-culturally, we, we don't appreciate the, the concept of sacrifice. You know, because often uh, we're not willing to give up our vices. We're not get, willing to give up the fast foods or the you know, the couch behavior or, you know, wasting hours scrolling a feed of social media or like we're not really willing to sacrifice things and to some degree. And and when, we're as, when you're as busy as like, you know, business owner or dad and, and just trying to get through the day, like the life is full. And so concept of sacrifice really in my mind is like giving up something of a lower nature in order to adopt something that's that's serving your higher good your your higher potential and and in some cases like you know the reward of giving up the food that's not serving you means that you get more energy on the other side because you're making choices that are supporting you and you're spending you know you're more uh, disciplined with your meal window as an example or your fasting state or your recovery window for you know, post-exercise and that kind of thing. So giving up something of a lower nature is huge. But I think we're constantly in a balance between order and chaos, right? Like the the chaos of life and the curveballs that it throws at you and how resilient are you to the, you know, uh, whenever we're faced with it? Are we going to sit and get upset about it and judge what's coming up? Or are we going to, you know, release the judgment and just observe what we can control? Uh, and I think too many of us get stuck in the judgment aspect of the chaos that shows up. And instead of looking for the, the windows of opportunity uh, where we can come back to order and balance the equation, because it's, you know, there's no, there's no sort of work balanced life. I think it's just where we put in our priorities and, and um, yeah. And hopefully this leads us into a conversation just around um, masculine energy and just us as, or those listening, I mean, you don't have to be a man necessarily to have or experience masculine energy, but the understanding the, the concept of how we're balancing those polarities within our body are super important because I think in many cases we can show up as a, a victim in these experiences of chaos and go like, well, nothing's working, therefore I'm going to eat the crappy food, I'm not going to spend time exercising, I'm not going to take that extra 10 minutes just, you know, sit and reflect and breathe or, you know, write some things down. Uh, we just, we just linger in that chaos. And I think understanding it through the lens of uh, our polarity as masculine energy and feminine energy can actually be really helpful uh, in this discussion. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what is, what does a masculine energy mean like to you? And, uh, and, and maybe even just bringing in some of the theme of order and chaos. Well, it's funny. Let me start with order and chaos. So I think everybody is experienced when you feel order in life and you have weeks, like we call it that flow state, right? And there's just order. Like it's like the week goes by the way it's supposed to be. You're checking your boxes, right? You're getting everything done and you get, you get through the, through the work week and everything goes smooth, right? And the weekend starts and it's like, oh, that was good. And then you'll have the opposite happen, which is the chaos, right? Where it's like all week long, you feel like, holy shit, like what's going on? Like everything's yeah. all over the place that I can't find, 
it's kind of like I can't find my calibration, my my center all week, and like you, you're happy to get to Friday when you're done, and you're just like you're done for the week, right? So I think the big difference is really just, you know, I see a lot of stuff where people struggle with the mental stress, right? And I, I've learned over time that this is kind of the culprit when it comes to us living in that chaos, and it's because we lose conscious control. So I was listening to something the other day, and it was talking about how. You know, our emotions are, are tools that we use as humans to help calibrate us towards where we're trying, the direction we're trying to move in life, mm -hmm. the goal we're trying to achieve, right? The direction that we see ourselves going in and where we want to be. And our emotions, when we, when we have these emotions, are constantly just trying to corral us in that direction. But where we get in trouble is where we don't have conscious control of those emotions. And then that's when, we, that's when the mental stress comes. That's when the chaos comes. Yeah. And it's funny that you're talking about, we talk about self-care because that's where this comes in. Like when there's no self-care, you're going to lose conscious control a whole lot more often and you're going to have more chaos in your life because you're not doing the things you need to do for you to maintain that conscious awareness so that you can have that control of your emotions and of that energy. So now let's move into the masculine and the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day. You listen to his stuff, oh, right? I love, love it. It's awesome. Great stuff. So he has this new thing on um, the Daily Wire called it's called a it's it's called Vision, and it's this series of, of, of things he's doing. But you know, he, he he's diving deep into the identity, and he's diving deep into how there is these var variability of within the identity, right? Of you have people, and I'm just gonna like reframe this with what we're talking about, which is masculine and feminine. So like we were talking before we got on the call. There are some men that are like purely on the masculine side. So if you want to swing the pendulum, they're as masculine as it gets and they never budge from that. You know, I, I live in a culture in El Paso. It's a Hispanic culture and we have a name for that. It's called machismo. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you've heard that, but like yeah, yeah, you I say machismo. It. It sounds right? so cool too. We use that word for these men primarily that are on the very, very far, far left masculine. They're on the, I mean, they're as masculine as it gets, but so much to their detriment. Yeah. right it's like they, they're too far in that masculinity and that energy to their detriment where they make really poor choices for themselves because mm -hmm. they're trying to be the tough guy yeah like i don't i don't need to do this i don't need you know it's that classic like oh i don't go to doctors or i don't go to help myself when something's wrong right and and then you have you know everything to a male who sits in between he, he's in between the masculine and the feminine all day and so he's like in balance he's in that zero point so he shows a lot of the feminine aspect of a male and he can show a lot of the masculine aspect and then there's everything in between right mm -hmm. and this goes for females too right i mean this isn't any different for females you have females way on the feminine end, then you have some that are you know on the masculine and then there's a balance of the two but the energy that we bring to our life I think a lot of times in the situation determines what energy is necessary. And that's actually what I'm learning as I get older is I, I lived on the far left masculine growing up and I was mm -hmm. very much so there all the time, but to my detriment, I saw that there were negative things that came from that. And so I think I want to say I've been more flexible as I've gotten older and I'm 41 now where I, I can appreciate and I see the necessity the necessity for more of the at certain for certain things right and at certain times and i think you need to be flexible in this manner of these energy because uh, i mean it's the way the universe works right we talk about it, it's positive negative it's masculine and feminine right yeah. yin yang the, yeah the, the the zero point is finding the balance in between right but you're never going to fully be in the zero point it's, it's this like sliding scale all the time but i think we have to be chameleons to some degree energetically to know when we need to slide mm -hmm. and when it's necessary. And even so much as, as doctors, as yeah. dads, yeah. as husbands, right? As friends. And there's so many different reasons this has to happen. But I, and this is in my own personal experience. I don't know if, I mean, you could probably talk to me about this and then I wonder what our listeners think, but, I feel like as I've as I've changed and gotten older, and I've become more flexible with these energies, that my life has been a whole lot better, man. It's been more rewarding. I've mm -hmm. found more more of that juice in life, 
that I was missing when I was just stuck in one energetic pattern all the time and I couldn't achieve that flexibility. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. Yeah, it makes me think of a bunch of things. I mean, one thing that I find that's really important to nurture the masculinity, and we talked a little bit about how I, uh, I, I started playing softball again. Not that I played a ton of softball growing up, but here and there, and it was always fun. The competition's fun. I think there's something really important for for men or or women to tap into their masculinity through competition and physical activity. You know, like more and more, uh, I think what's happened where where men maybe spend too much time in their feminine energy is where they you know really start to get in touch with emotions and and spend too much time there to the point of like stagnancy almost. Like, and we actually need. Uh, like as men, I think of like the concept of direction and projection and taking something to completion, but also to have a physical challenge. Like I think as as men, we actually really need or we thrive when we supply a physical intensity to our body. I think that literally, I mean, we, we know that it primes our hormonal system, but it, it makes us step into that our sort of warrior masculine, you know, mindset. And to your point of like being able to have a balance of the two, like instead of like just going out and trying to like, you know, kill the other team or whatever, there's, there's this receptivity to that internal experience more, especially like as time goes on. I, I remember playing competitive basketball when I was younger. It was all about like, how do I look in comparison to others? Like it was like me competing with other people and trying to get better and seeing where I was before to getting better where I was now. But I, I remember really wanting validation from the external world. Whereas like now competition at this age is like, I'm just really there for myself to see that own my own progress and to be in the experience of the challenge and, and, and as a, as an access point to masculinity movement and some version of competition with self is vitally important. And I think that's partly how we as men need to balance ourselves. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that goes hand in hand, like you're saying, with hormones. Yep. I mean, how many men are stuck in the feminine too damn much and then it, their testosterone's in the dumps because of that? Yeah. And so, guys, the energy that you bring actually yeah. affects your hormone health. And what Nick's saying is absolutely true. Like, we are built as males to be competitive in nature with other males. But as we get older, like he's saying, you get to a place where it's not so much about the competitiveness to the guy next to you as it is you're competing against the guy in front of you when you look in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And we thrive when, that's, when we're in that yeah. space, right? We do. Yeah. You know, I remember growing up playing sports. I'm super competitive, man. And I, that's yeah. never going to change. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll die being that way. And I remember I was thinking in, when you were saying that right now, Clarissa used, used to really bug her when we first got married, right? She's like, you're so damn competitive. And I thought... Like, there's nothing wrong with that like it's not in a negative manner where like i'm this bad person when when i compete i just i like to compete and when i compete i'm not just competing against myself but if it's a team type of thing i'm i'm there to win i'm there to mm -hmm. you know like that podcast you had me listened to with aubrey marcus i was laughing because he's like i just like to wreck fools and like destroy <laughs> them He's like, and just get that feeling afterwards that like, I just handed you your ass right now and like destroyed you on the mat. And then afterwards you can just joke around about it as friends. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was the fun part growing up, right? Like you played with your buddies, you guys would play games all the time, whether it was sports or pickup games at school or, you know, or competitive sports, but you have that, that intense time of competition. And then afterwards it's like that energy turns off, the switch turns off and then like, you can come back to that that steadiness, but how much do we get that as adults now? Yeah, compared to when well, you were a kid, right? I mean, when we were a kid, it was like on a daily. Yeah. Well, this is what I, this is this what I think is interesting because I think my youthful experience of competition created a ton of stress for me. Like there was a powerful benefit to it, but I remember like if I wasn't the best at basketball, like that was my sport back then. Um, it would really like weigh heavily on me. And I don't think that I was at the right level of social or emotional intelligence to actually be able to appreciate when I wasn't able to turn that off. And I think that's super important. And maybe, maybe you had an experience where you're able to, like, I, I definitely remember, you know, playing intense and then like kind of being jokey about it. But I, I remember like I would, I would replay how I played and like how I was seen and did other people think that I was, 
playing my best or what have you. Like I, I really felt like that's kind of the point I wanted to make earlier was that I feel like a lot of our, or my um, experience as a kid was to look outside of me for recognition. Yeah. I mean, we look for affirmation, right? We look for approval. And I, yeah. that was a big part of my childhood too, man. I mean, I'm a pituitary type. Approval is one of my needs. It's yeah. not anymore because I grew out of it in my early thirties. But growing up, like I was always seeking approval from my coaches. Yeah. I was always seeking approval from my parents. And like you're saying, like, did you see it? Did you see it? You know, like our kids do that to us now. Dad, look, 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 yeah. look, look, right? <laughs> and you hear your kid tell you like a million times and you're like, what? what? Yeah. You know, it's like, what? And then it's like, hi. And then, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's funny how like early in life there's this there's this approval piece or this this piece of like you're saying there you're in your head a little bit about all these things yeah and it, i don't feel like that's there anymore and you know where i'm at now but it's really more approval from from myself exactly yeah. of like and there's still the competitiveness of like are you where you're supposed to be david like should you be pushing yourself harder like what do you want to push yourself harder at you know mm -hmm. and where does that come from but it's very necessary, man. Like, I think it's very necessary to still find times in life to be in that space. Mm -hmm. And as males, I don't think we do it enough as we get older. And I think yeah. that's a big reason why there's honestly a lot of hormone problems with men. Because they, they kind of fall off at the back end, man. Yeah. Well, you brought up something that and I think uh, this is what, one of the, the core things I love about what Jordan Peterson talks about is that you, you need you need a direction. You have something that you're aiming towards. And like that just sits so strongly for me. So like going back to the idea of uh, order and chaos and, and sort of that encompassing masculine experience of projection, projecting meaning like projecting towards something, to projecting towards an aim, a goal. Um, I think when we let the chaos take over, we've forgotten the goal. We've forgotten how we're orienting ourselves towards something. Because I find for me too, like, Nowadays, I'm much easier to snap back into what what my where I feel my best, like that state of flow, like you said, that order. It's like, oh yeah, what what am I focused on again? Like, what what are my goals? Like, how do I remind myself often enough? And I think that's a great way to access into that polarity of that masculine energy again. Oh yeah, like I'm I'm working on something here because in that chaos, it's so easy to get distracted, right? So easy to get into pleasing mode, you know, being a doctor too. It's like, it's easy to be in service mode. You're just taking care of other people like, oh shit, I forgot about taking care of myself. I for where's my orientation again? So, if, you know, personally, what I do regularly is, is before I start my day, I, I write a, a list for myself. Like, what do I want? What am I focusing on today? How do I want to feel? What am I committed to? And what's my sort of my compass? What's that thing that I'm driving towards? And so... For me, that's a great way to reset. And then I often forget about it during the day. But <clears throat> if I'm stuck in some version of chaos again, and I'm finding I'm flailing or I'm feeling fragmented and I'm I'm stepped out of my sort of that masculine energy, I, I get swept up in the chaos. I, I sometimes anchor myself back. Oh, yeah, like what's what's my direction? What's my mission? What's my purpose? What am I what am I aiming towards right now? Um, well, I'd love to hear your experience of that. Well, you're checking in with intention, right? Yeah. And I like the way you frame that because, you know, when you're in that chaos, you're in the you're in the how and the what instead of the why. Totally. Right? And you lose the why, and the why is all about intention, and it's a powerful practice. I mean, how many books have you read where they say, hey, you start your day, you get up, you focus, you talk about intention, or some people will do it in their journal the night before. But just thinking about what that intention of that day needs to look like or the long-term goal, it's like turning software on in, the, in your in your operating system so that it's mm -hmm. just running in the background. And like you just said, you don't necessarily need to be thinking about it all day, but as long as you brought it up on the computer screen in the morning before you started your day, the brain's already aware and you have your compass, right? And that compass is what's going to keep you in order throughout the day. Regardless yeah. of, what, of what life throws you throughout the week or throughout the day or throughout the month, whatever it may be. But how often do people consistently check in on that intention of like, this is the goal. This is where I'm going. This is what I want. This is what I want it to look like. And then when you start to get into the look like and the visualization stuff, now you start manifesting. Yeah. 
right? So you're living in the, I see it already, and then you just experience it in the moment. But as simple as it sounds when we talk about it, man, we all get busy with life, right? And then you can get, so you can get scrambled really quick. Mm-hmm. But I think like we're talking, there's, there's a habit here that needs to be formed. But also, like you're saying, there's a type of energy that needs to be present when you're in those spaces with those things. Totally. There has to be a remembrance. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a shitstorm right now. Right. Yeah. So what, what do I need to do? I need to have a direction. Like, it could be the wrong direction, but at least it's a direction out of, you know, out of a different reality of that chaos. It could be slight. I was, I was curious to hear, like, what do you think are some, I mean, I've got a, an opinion around some, like, guiding principles for that masculine energy. Um, is there a certain characteristic traits, like, that could be, you know, qualities of that masculine energy that maybe that maybe you've thought of and and if you if you want to think about it a bit while i share some um, yeah let me think about that i mean okay. let me hear what you have to say because you probably have some off the top of your head already yeah there, there's and the reason i think it's important to, to bring this up because i think there's it's important to have uh, an ideal um sort of virtuous aspect to to the masculine experience yeah um, absolutely and so I, you can look at through the frame of fathering. I think there's 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 a discipline component to fathering for sure. There's also structure. There's like there's a way of being. There's a way. Can you be consistent in who you are as a dad um, through the order and chaos? And so a part of that I see is like being really encouraging. Yeah. And. And like, can you be encouraging in a way where you're not shaming your kids um, or putting or like catching yourself, putting yourself down? But can you be encouraging to that masculine energy? And we, we have boys, so it's like it's it's very reflective in how we show up. I know for, for my kids, if I am disciplining through shame, like it just doesn't go well. Like you can see the energy change. But if I'm disciplining through encouragement, like, hey, like I I know that I've seen you do this before. I've seen you like take care of your room or get your homework done. And I see the feeling that, that or I see how your emotions change when you feel like you've accomplished something. Like, you know, here's an opportunity to feel like that again, as opposed to like, dude, you didn't clean up your room. You're always you're such a mess. Like, I think it's so easy in that father energy to to make our kids feel shame. Oh, yeah, and then, and then they're just trying to like, then they're just looking for approval, right? Like it's, I think that's a lot of where my seeking for approval came from was I was scared of my dad. And I think that there's some components that are really beautiful about that. Like I respect my, like respecting authority, learning the power of hard work and what that means to accomplish something. There's some really powerful pieces there, but if taken too far, like you said, that machismo it's like I am the father figure, the the Godhead. You should feel bad for not being like me, and therefore I'm going to remind you of that. Versus, like, hey, I want to encourage you to your your best. So I'd say encouragement as a father is super important. So yeah. Well, no, I I like the way you say that because I feel like <clears throat> you know there's no perfect dads out there by any means, and we yeah. all make stupid mistakes and then it's always the after where you feel bad right i mean you mm-hmm. and me have had that, those conversations yeah you know one of the ones with diego that is is just a pet peeve of mine man because like i was raised that way and i was taught from my dad and my mom you know this but i get on to him and when i i guess when i do shame him to some degree it's like dude quit being sloppy like yeah. this is sloppy like and it's more of like you're better than that type yeah. of conversation with him because it's like there's no effort being put forth and it's just like he doesn't care and then like whether it's his homework or picking up the house or whatever it is I'm asking him to do, it just irks me, man. I hear that yeah. soundtrack going when when, when oh, I see his sloppiness because I'm like, like for me, it's like, why is he being so damn lazy? Like, And that, my big conversation with him on the other end is like, oh, we're, you're a warty, we're not lazy. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't exist in our, in our vocabulary, in our life. Like you're not lazy. If you're going to do something, then you do it the best you can on that day. And that may vary from day to day. Mm-hmm. But as long as you give me like all of your effort that day, I'll, it, that's all I'm asking of you, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, and 
that hundred percent may be awesome one day and it may not be great the next, but at least if you're giving me your effort, then I'm that I'm good with it. But yeah. like this, the sloppiness is not acceptable. And I, and I'm guilty, man. I'm guilty of shaming him with the sloppiness type stuff because like Oh yeah, I do too. Moments. Yeah. Sure. And like that's the one that I would probably tell you as a dad gets under my skin the most is like we're not lazy, bud. And yeah. so like a value I, w- I would say that masculinity to some degree is like I don't know, man. It's it's really just there. There's this like strong like be strong like you know mm-hmm. come forward and and finish things you know and have some pride in your work like. Yeah. And, you know, like independence to do what you need to do. And like, I just don't feel like that's always there with kids, which it shouldn't be right. They're kids. And, yeah. but as, as dads, you know, like you were saying, our dads, like we figured our dads to some degree in mm-hmm. some ways, not in a bad way, but like, I hear that from a lot of other guy friends that I have that, you know, they feared their dad when they were growing up. Right. Or dad was an asshole. He was a hard ass. He was always so damn mm-hmm. hard on me. Then these people are crazy successful. And when I talk to them, I'm like, well, where did you get all those values? Oh, my dad. I'm like, hmm, that's funny. Mm-hmm. So all the things that you hate on your dad that you're angry about as an adult, he also gave you everything you have right now that's making your life amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think as fathers, it's like, how do you find the balance in teaching those qualities to your children? But like you're saying, without the shaming and somehow trying to shape and form them, and the positive energies of these things that we're trying to teach them, but without, uh, Hey, like you don't need approval from your dad. Like you always have my approval. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and we don't always know what our kids are stressing about. Right. Like I watched a video the other day of this little kid at a dojo and his dad's, I guess the main sensei and he's trying to break a board and he can't break it. And he's like crying. and, And the dad, kind of looks at him like, it's okay, like you don't have to try again. And then the dad starts doing a voiceover and he's like, see, here in this moment, my son just wants approval. He wants affirmation from his dad that it's okay that I didn't. He's like, and I didn't know he was stressing that much about wanting to break that board for my approval because he mm-hmm. felt like he needed to break that board to be approved by his yep. dad. Yeah, to receive love, yeah. Yeah, so instead of getting mad at his kid and be like, you know, you didn't break it, like get to the back of the line, he paused, he brought his son over, he gave him a hug and a kiss, and he says, you know, I love you, whether you break the board or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want you to try. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of back to where I was at, right? Like, I just want him to give 100%. Yeah. And he doesn't need to, it's not about the winning or the losing, it's just like, hey, did you show up? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's all, yeah. Want, that's all we want from our kids. We want them to show up. Totally, because we know. Because we know as dads. Sorry, I'll no, no. Go ahead. Good. Because I believe that we know as dads that they need to show up. Mm-hmm. Because that's where we're going to prepare them for life. Is you yeah. got to show up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. And I and I think that um, as part of that experience, you know, because we fumble, they're they're going to be able to experience things from both sides, right? They're going to see, okay, like. I know what shame feels like and that's not perfect. Right. And I find that when I don't, when I don't show up in the way that I need to for my boys, um, I'm always there to have a conversation. And so I'm always, you know, when we screw up, I'll have a conversation. You know what, the way that I handled that, that could, I could have gone differently. And, and I think that's part of this balance of that, that masculine feminine energy is like you, you can actually, you know, admit mistakes and go like, okay, you know, that could have gone better for everybody. And that's part of the, that's part of the experience too, is just recognizing, okay, like dad's not perfect. And um, yeah. So encouragement is huge and, and finding way to reframe that shame. Well, let's stay there for a second. Cause you hit it on the head, man. Like we're talking about these energies. I don't think that our parents' generation necessarily had as much of the flexibility to go from the masculine to the feminine of like what you just said, yeah. of sitting down and having a conversation with your child to create understanding yeah. of why it went down that way and why you maybe didn't handle that as good as a dad. You know, my I, like, I can't remember much from my dad growing up with stuff like that because like my dad you know, he was busy always like working and my yeah. mom was kind of the one that mothered us all the time. But I do remember that happening like with mom, right? Like 
mom would get upset. She maybe didn't handle things the best way when she got on to me and my brother. And but then that was it. There was never like a sit down again of explaining and going over and trying to mm-hmm. like, you know, find some understanding in those things. And I think as children, we we're going to come to our, our own conclusions if you don't do that for your kids as a parent, right? Yeah. So like you're saying, that feminine energy is necessary to just be with your child and to have the humility as a man to say, okay, I screwed up. I didn't handle that the best way. Let me go fix it now. And let me mm-hmm. go sit down and like, you know, see my child yeah, and let them see me mm-hmm. that I'm human, yeah, that I make mistakes, that I'm not perfect yeah. and that I don't expect that stuff from you. Mm-hmm. Right. But how many dads do that with their kids? Yeah. Especially when they're on the machismo end all the oh, time no. of like, do as I say, not as I do. And you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of crap. But yeah, I mean, encouragement back to your thing. That's definitely one. And then I would add leadership to that. Mm-hmm. There's a big leadership role because you like so when I said show up. I mean, it's showing up in all the ways that you need to show up as dad. Yeah, not just as their dad, but showing up in your career and showing up as a good husband because they're watching us all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, your kids Your kids don't maybe hear everything you do, but they, they can see it all. And whether they're seeing it correctly or not, they're coming to their own conclusions, right? Mm-hmm. And so we want them to come to good conclusions in their childhood as they're, like, experiencing their journey. And we all had our own way that went down for us, right? But leadership's important, man. And you got to show up as dad. Yeah. I love that. I mean, leadership's huge. Absolutely. I mean, like another quality that, that I think that was important in um, kind of what we were talking about before with, with the kids and disciplining, I think in this too far gone masculine energy, like where there's not some receptivity, that, that feminine energy, um, there's this experience of love withdrawal. And that's where like, now I'm going to punish you because you were a bad child. And so I'm going to pull my love away. And so I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm going to ignore you. Um, I know that that's, that was my experience too, childhood. I think a lot of us, um, you know, men in this generation probably experienced some version of that from our dad. Dad was pissed at us. So he just completely detached. Like there, that's a quality of the masculine energy. We can do that. We can just put that aside and we can focus on the next thing because one of our qualities is projection. Okay, that's that we took care of that we handled that, and now I'm going to move on to this thing. So I'm just completely withdraw that love, and that that's where that the integration piece I think is so important because I think that's where the the kid can then learn to re-regulate, and then as a father you can re-regulate too. You're not sitting there pissed off at your kid and having resentment towards him. Go like, man, this guy's never going to learn anything. Meanwhile, you're on to the next thing. And, and I think that's also, you know, part of that leadership quality. It's like, Hey, can I be with, you know, the, you know, if you're the alpha male or omega, whatever you want to call it, and your beta, your beta males, your boys, and you gotta like, you know, hold the line for them and support them. Uh, There's, there's a really beautiful, I don't know if this is real or not, but there's this beautiful um, uh, picture or maybe video of uh, a wolf pack. And it says like that the alpha wolf actually goes to the back of the line. So when they're traveling places, it's not the alpha is not always like the leader at the front of the pack. He's actually going to the end of the line to make sure those that are straggling behind are getting being kept up, but they're being encouraged, they're being supported to move forward. And if that's true, I mean, what a beautiful metaphor for life. Like, you know, when, when one of our kids is not doing well or someone in the family isn't doing well, we can step up as leaders and sometimes leader doesn't mean leading from the front, but it can be supporting, encouraging, being generous, being direct with our action from, from behind. And I think that, you know, often that's lost on, on many of us. Like we think of like the leaders always at the front, like charging through, but sometimes it's like just picking the, picking the the kids up, picking them up and like, Hey, like this is the path. Here we go. Like I got you. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I, I've just, I see nuances of that just with me and Diego, like with his school and stuff, right? Like he wasn't doing well in school for a while and 
I never shamed him, but I tried to use fear tactics a little bit. Like, hey, you don't want to repeat third grade again. And like, yeah. you need to take this serious. And like, we have to catch up here and we're going to help you get you help. And we're going to go to tutoring. And we're going to do all these things. And so like, we put everything in place to help him succeed. Right. And so we're working with him. We do homework. He goes to tutoring. Like, and, he, and, and of course, things started to get better. And, but when, until they feel things getting better, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of like going what you're saying. It's like initially it was like, you know, this is the way it needs to be done. And I'm trying to act like the leader guy. But then it's like, okay, well, how do I really show up as the leader? Okay, I need to, I need to, I need to be there for my child. I need to show them how to do this. Yeah. And how it's done. And then, and then it's like the implementation of the process, which is this is how it's done. Let's change the process. And then the process brings the result, right? So that's the, that's the teaching is mm-hmm. like, you're there, and like you're saying, you're backing your kid up by helping them find the new process to find the result that they're looking for. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Courage, buddy. And kind of speaking of these energies we're talking about, courage is yeah. huge because to cultivate courage, we need vulnerability. And yeah. Again, on this masculine feminine energy, how many men that are on this machismo, I'm courageous, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever step into that vulnerability piece with their family? or even with their kids. I know, you know, like I'm saying, it's a culture thing. Most of these machismo type men, you'll never see vulnerability in that man. They don't mm-hmm. show it. Yeah. But like you and me were talking, I think the modern man now, the real machismo comes from having the flexibility to show vulnerability. Yeah. And like, I think you're more of a man if you can show vulnerability to your loved ones and to other people around you than the ones that can't. Mm-hmm. that's just my personal opinion if you're a machismo guy and you're listening you're like you're full of shit you can call me full of shit i don't think i'm full of shit and i'd say i'm more man than you are because vulnerability is buddy that's the that's so important in life like for connection to your loved ones to your mm-hmm. friends you know and if you can't access that you can't access heart energy you can't access connection on the level that you could experience in your life so what I would say to those men is if you haven't, then don't talk about it until you do it. And then come back to me because it's it's life-changing, man. When you can step into that vulnerability as a man with your children, with your wife, with friends, with strangers. You know, as a doctor, I step into that vulnerability on a weekly with my patients. I cry with my patients. Yeah. And it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's made me a better doctor. It's made me a better husband. It's made me a better dad, right? Um, so important. So courage is in that list. Yeah. Well, I think it opens you to the, an idea of compassion. And and then, you know, I think this is the the beauty of, of again, understand the polarity of that masculine and feminine. You, you can sometimes be the one who's more, you know, disciplined and uh, forthright in communication more like okay like tell me let's see what do you need to get this help what do you need for me to help you get this done you know like how can i help you like support you to get this done um and that can be more of that sort of like masculine polarity and then you can also be like hey like i really hear what's going on with you right now like that must be really hard uh i you know i know what that feels like to some degree and just the energy of like hearing those two, like you can see one is encouraging and saying, Hey, like I, I got your back. What do you need for me to help you get this done? Versus like, Hey man, like I, I really, I feel what, what you're going through. Like that, that's really, that's really challenging. And that, that must be really hard for you. And, you know, I'm here. Just tell me, tell me what you need. And, you know, I think our ability to do that uh, for ourselves, like that's where it starts you know, because someone who hasn't really experienced that that level of vulnerability, it's written all over them. I mean, this is the funny thing about you know not being able to be vulnerable. It's like you're you're showing your your let's say your weakness. You're showing your hurt spots based on how you decide to show up. So it's like they say, hurt people, hurt people, right? So right. you know, if you're not able to to show that vulnerability, like it's written all over you and your personality and like how you're like sort of uh abrasive maybe and it's hard to like communicate because i tell you what like every time i have a superficial manly quote-unquote conversation with someone like it's like i'm ready to move on like i'm just not i can't stay with you because i want to know your heart i want to know like 
what are you really struggling with? Like, tell me like, what's really going on? Like, you know, what's worked for you? What hasn't, you know, I want to, I want to hear more. And I find that when, when you can actually have a open, vulnerable, courageous conversation with someone, there's more connection, right? There's, there's the ability to actually serve that other human being. But when you put that hard shell over top and you, you, you sort of deplete that access to vulnerability, like I, I feel like it just weakens you. And then it's hard to project and, um, you know, have a, have a direction in life and, and to be a leader because you're too busy, like just, you know, hiding those parts of you that you, you're ashamed of. Right. And um, that probably goes so, back to parenting too. Well, it's so foreign, I think for some men, but like, I don't think some men ever experienced it in their life growing oh, up. Oh, it was never modeled, They're, right? Like, yeah. Like, they no don't, I mean, they, they've never experienced what you're talking about. So how would they even know? I mean, that's why when you hear it from someone like you and me, it's like, not even realistic to those individuals, right? Yeah. And then when you experience it, it's like, oh. And then there's that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that feels pretty good. But it's amazing, man. Like one of the one of the most amazing moments I've ever experienced with Diego was in that space. Mm. Yeah. I told you about this a long time ago when we talked we were randomly talking about death somehow. Yeah. He was just asking me questions, and I was explaining to him that everybody's everybody dies, and it's part of life. And I think when he it is like when he was like five, I think, and he just got so upset and like cried in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I could feel my child's heart in that moment. Like mm -hmm. there was this massive connection, and we both started crying together. And he's like, "I don't want to lose my daddy," and I was like, "Oh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to die anytime soon." I said. You know, I love you and, you know, always be your daddy. But the reality is, like, none of us are here forever. And you got to be, you know, grateful and enjoy every day, right? But, yeah. like, if I hadn't experienced that space with my child, I would have lost that connection with my child. Yeah. And our, our connection is, like, that was a huge moment for us in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I wish that every dad and son could experience something like that. Because for me, it was, like... It's just one of those moments you can't even put a word to it, man, right? You've had those moments with your little ones. I mean, there's certain moments you have with them when those heart connections are made that, like, you wouldn't trade a thing in the world for it. Totally. Yeah, I love it. I mean, what a what a profound moment, right? Oh, I mean, there's, you can't compare it to anything. Yeah. There's this, like, this space that you're in with your child that is just, you know, I was, I was watching avatar the way of the water just mm -hmm. came out right yeah yeah but like Great movie. people have seen nuances of this in the first one they say i see you and they do this thing where they say i see you i remember the troublemaking kid that mm. like it was always a troublemaker but by the end of the movie he helps his dad he saves his yeah. dad pretty much yeah and he's teaching him how to breathe so he can make his way out and then at the end his dad's like i see mm. you mm. and like that kid just wanted to be seen by his dad yeah and I think yeah. that's why you even see that in the movie. Like he acts out in a lot of ways, but because he wasn't being seen. Totally. Because he felt like, oh, I'm not the perfect son. My brother is the perfect kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so my dad doesn't see me. Mm -hmm. So he was acting out all the time. Mm -hmm. That right there, what you just shared, like that's so for listeners, like that's so beautiful. And that's the, that, dialogue that experience has to first start within you know we have to be willing to see ourselves are, are you actually willing to like look at how you've been behaving you know look and see where you've been you know bypassing your your emotional vulnerability but also your strength of your character and your ability to like step into something that's that's greater than you and are you willing to see yourself you know and i think if we all did that as men, you know, what could the world look like? We could actually take responsibility for our behavior. We could start to make changes slowly but surely towards some sort of direction that would be serving of us. We could be a leader. We could be encouraging. We could be courageous in that. We could be vulnerable. And uh, I think that's an invite to everybody. So, buddy, there's so much to say on this. And and I'm glad we, we kind of got into this topic uh, because it's an important one. It's It's really like... This was the essence of why we wanted to do a podcast is to to bring in the heart, but also like the the biohacking and like all the cool stuff that we can do and and what we can do to be disciplined, but also just where to where to 
you know, orient yourself in this world as, as a man, as a dad, as, as someone who's wanting to express more of their masculine energy to, to be healthy, to be vital and, and shine that out into the world. Like that's, that's, that was the essence of the podcast. So, um, love, love you, man. Like love the, love all the sharing, love the dad makes inspiration. It's, it's really important. Well, and it's huge, right? Like for the listeners, just to kind of summarize, like that hard space is so neglected, I think, just in general. So I would challenge our listeners because we haven't done this in a while. We got home play, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much can you step into that hard space in a given day? Mm-hmm. Whether it's with your, your spouse, with your children, with a coworker. Like I challenge you all to see how many, how many times can you step into that hard space with people and then just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you'll be very, very pleasantly surprised how life starts to change very quickly for you and your connections actually strengthen massively in life. Yeah. But it has to become a practice. Yeah. So if this is something that you're listening to me and Nick and you're like, what the hell are these guys talking about? I challenge you. Then you're the person I'm talking to. Because it's been life-changing for me, man. And you've been a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. You yeah. and Sonia have been a huge part about that. Because before I met you, I wasn't in that space. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. And you're all's influence and the things I've learned from you. And, and you know, like I went to men's camp with you and all those other things. Like that's helped shape me into a better person. And a big part of that was getting, like you say, more of seeing myself, right? But also, once I saw more of myself, being able to see other people and yeah. find that that bigger connection with other people. So I'm grateful for that for for you guys, man. And I love you guys for that because you were a big part of that. It's you, bro. Yeah, and it's mirrored, man. It's like that's the thing. It's you know, it's totally reciprocal, and that's that's a healthy relationship where you you're you're a teacher, you're a mentor, you're a student, you're you're all these things with the people that really inspire you and let you up. So right back at you. Good stuff, man. All right, man. Well, uh, we're not here. Oh, yeah, we know we're not here next week. But well, the next one, we've got a we got a fun guest. Uh, we're going to get into um, some cool stuff on like neurological rebalancing of the body with the musculoskeletal system and sort of uh, this concept of tensegrity and sort of working on that physical aspect of uh, balancing the masculine and feminine. So I like it. I like see you it. soon, buddy. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.